is full of amazing stories. And the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that lived them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole story told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. is supported today by Advanced Plumbing. Advanced Plumbing has been serving Grant County and the surrounding counties since 2000. Founded by Patrick Parnell, Advanced Plumbing has built a reputation for reliable, dependable, high-quality plumbing services at an affordable price. The legacy continues as Advanced Plumbing is now owned by Miranda Parnell Lozier and her husband, Garen. With full team of licensed, highly qualified plumbers, Advanced Plumbing is your go-to option for all commercial and residential plumbing needs. Call us today at 765-664-6061 for a free quote on your next plumbing project. Welcome to Where We Landed. My name is Scott Miller. I'm one of the co-hosts and my friend Alicia Hazelwood is Hello. here with me, as well as my other friend, Kylie Jackson. Hey, everybody. I only have two friends. So. <laughs> That's all no, of them. <laughs> so Bye. it's good to be here with my friends. <laughs> all right. I've got a couple questions for you and Susan, you can uh, chime in here. Okay. Uh, but we won't make you go first. No, Alicia will go first. Dang it. If you could travel back in time, what time period would you like to explore and why? The, um, I don't know. <laughs> I can answer this. Yes, go oh, ahead, perfect. Susan. Thank you for thinking, the save. Thinking about time a lot lately, and I, I think I would go back to kind of live through the, the women's suffrage time period as, you know, we, we worked for women's right to vote and be seen and heard. I think that that would be amazing and maybe it would make me more appreciative of so many of the freedoms I have now because of the trailblazers many moons ago. They had to do that wearing like bustles and horribly uncomfortable clothing whilst marching. Yeah. What a profound Corsets. answer. I know. I was going to. You guys should be embarrassed. I was going to say you like. You know what we're going to say. We're all embarrassed. I know. <laughs> I was thinking like during the, the Jacobite Wars and stuff like that in Scotland because my family was engaged in it. But I'm a big fat weenie and wouldn't want to have to be a woman in that time frame during war. But mm -hmm. that particular era of history I find really fascinating. So if I could go back and just observe it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be that would be fascinating. Yeah, but sure. I don't want to live in it. What was the Jacobite? When, like when was that? It's like the sixteen and seventeen hundreds. <laughs> if I'm right, I was looking for a fun time. Oh, to Iris go back is gonna. To, yeah. What about you? I was gonna say nineteen fifties. That's uh, what I was gonna say. Was yeah, I just think my parents made that decade sound amazing and fun. And <laughs> so you know, post war, it's kind of. Although the Korean War was happening, but but yeah, so I would say so happy go lucky. Yeah, right? I was Fonzie, gonna say the sixties so that I could be uh, Peggy from Mad Men, like a flower child type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds fun. Okay, good answers. Uh, two more. Uh, how would you survive a zombie uh, apocalypse? Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I would same. I would just curl up in a ball and hope for the best. I would probably hide out at my uncle's house and they would all keep me safe from the zombie apocalypse. 
Yeah, I was going to say maybe I would make sure that I'm with the three of you so that, like, because usually they get to <laughs> the slowest one. I might be able to outrun, outrun one of the three of you. I so. want to assure you that I would be attacked the slowest one. And I've made this remark to my husband. I'm like, I'll just take one for the team. But make sure you, you don't let me, you know, proceed as zombie Sues because I think I just can't deal with me, you know, like eating humans the visual <laughs> it's too scary so you I, really thought this one through yeah we did watch the walking dead for oh, you know yeah, three of the 94 it. seasons <laughs> I've never watched it was it. pretty gory i just had to stop yeah i would assume though if you could get on a cruise ship and then get out in the middle of the ocean they couldn't get to you right so, i don't know it's zombie rules it varies on which saga oh okay, okay. fair enough one last question uh Design your dream backyard. What does it have in it? Oh, wow. Um, a pool, a pond, trees, and flowers. Okay. So I want like a little garden escape. Okay. But I gotta have a pool. It's a big backyard. I'd have a putting green. Me too. Man, we of are on. We are on it today. <laughs> what about you, Suze? Well, I would not have a putting green, <laughs> but I love people who love that game. Uh, I, you know, Darren and I have spent probably the last 10 years sort of working in the framework of the dream yard we have because it's so in you town, do. but woodland creatures. So mine will always involve, involve woodland creatures and even those marmots, you know, that live under things and you're worried they're going to eat your house, but you know, yeah. I can't kill them. That would be mean. <laughs> so a large deck, which we just did, but I would love to have some sort of water feature. Um, the way our deck is, it kind of hangs over our yard and it's above it. So I'll sit. If you ever drive by on an afternoon that's nice, you'll see me sitting and waving my feet. <laughs> like you're on a dock. Like I'm on a dock. <laughs> and what's funny is I don't like to get in natural water much because fish, yeah. right. snakes, Seaweed. gross stuff. I have, I'm, I am definitely girly in that way i don't want gross stuff touching me mm -hmm. but i like looking at water and i love the sound mm. i would love to have an outdoor fireplace we do not have that mm. um so i think that would probably cover it yeah that sounds dreamy very dreamy well as you've heard the beautiful voice we have susan reese with us today she helps people on a very regular basis find their dream homes and design their dream homes and um, sometimes find creepy homes that were like yep nope vibe out we're, we're not looking at this one <laughs> or turn creepy homes into, into dream homes dream homes that's yep. my favorite actually <laughs> she uh, she has been a realtor in our community for many years she is a staple in our community and um, just a wonderful volunteer. And I appreciate the fact that she is uh, a friend of mine and was my realtor and helped me um, figure out exactly what Steve and I were going to do with our home. I think she helped Kylie as well. So welcome to Where We Landed, Susan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we have the applause. I feel very celebrated. <laughs> right? You're welcome. With all the people that are here in the room with us. So I will ask our inaugural question always is, how did you land here in Grant County? Now, Scott will allow you to go all the way back to birth. I allow people to start wherever they want to start their story. <laughs> well, so. I'll just uh, preface it. It, it. Birth had nothing to do with me getting here other than I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was great. I think, first step. I think my parents 
every day for that. <laughs> I like being here. Um, I ended up in Grant County because I saw the cutest boy I'd ever seen across a crowded dorm room when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. However, I did not date this boy. We talked, but I've never had that lightning bolt. And we both had it uh, at, that happened the moment we met. So we became very good friends, talked for five years. And for whatever reason, I was always dating someone when Darren was single or he was dating someone when I was single, but we would run into each other at Ball State, which is where we met, and just talk for hours. We have this really great, deep connection. So uh, we ended up kind of reconnecting just as friends after five years, and that was June 1st in 1996. We were engaged August 28th in 1996, and we were married March 8th in 1997. Wow. What I love is how it, that seems very fast if you didn't know our backstory, but both of our families just could really understand how connected we were, yin and yang, and no one gave us the, wow, that's really fast, because I was only 23, he was 24. Um, and that is what brought me to Grant County um, you know, the meandering path, of course, I, you know, a lot, a lot happened in that five years, but it made me appreciate Darren even more. Very cool. So kind of a trailing spouse opportunity in that way, following Darren back to his hometown. Yeah. And, you know, he, he volunteered a lot. I mean, as a 24 year old, he worked for the municipality, did, you know, neighborhood cleanups and was already involved in the community so it was really fun to get the to know the community through his lens because everyone probably knows you know he's a doer and he's really helped me understand how to give back to the community too and I I do love it here I love living in Marion because it's so easy to live here people have been very kind to me and accepting Um, I've been able to build a business here not really knowing one single person. I didn't grow up here. I moved here when I was 23 years old. Um, So building a business, but lots of volunteering opportunities. And uh, I don't have the baggage that I think that you can have growing up in a community. I'm sure if I lived in the community I grew up with, I would think I would reflect backwards. Oh, it used to be this. And I think that one of the biggest benefits of living in a community that you were not raised in is that you don't have the backwards view. I, we look forward, you know, what can we do? And I, you know, Marion, you know, just look at downtown. You know, we've got a lot of people doing things in this downtown and we've got beautiful buildings that are being renovated. Would we have loved to have seen it happen earlier? Absolutely. But I, I enjoy that clean slate that I brought with me and you know, we've lived here. Well, I've lived here since I was 23. Where is your hometown? I was a military kid. So I was born in Bangkok, Thailand. My dad was a linguist for the Air Force. And then we moved to California. And when my parents divorced in when I was six, so that 1979, my mother was from Chesterfield, Indiana, uh, Madison County. So I, we moved back 
and I grew up primarily in Madison County. I went to Anderson Highland, and then I went to Ball State from there. So would you consider that your hometown? Kind of. We moved from Anderson to Chesterfield. At this point, I would consider Marion my home, of course, but <laughs> so Chesterfield probably is the closest thing. But, you know, when people, I've moved so much being a military kid, when people still have things that they did in second grade, it blows my mind. Yeah. Because I've had, I had to get a new copy of my birth certificate to get married because we had moved so much my mom could not locate it. But when you're born abroad, you can't go to the county building <laughs> and go get a copy. You have to, you know, contact the state department. It's a consular birth certificate. So, you know, that's that's something that's very different for me. People that have lived in the same community, they have all of the memories, which I think as a benefit, but at the same time, you know, that's not the way I grew up. And I, uh, I enjoy that clean slate. So what do you love? I'm going to let you pick the hometown then. So it could be Marion. Could sure. be, yeah, but, I would call but, this my, but what do you love home. about your hometown? I, I love the, and the physical aspects, I think our matter park and the gardens are phenomenal the world class and for a community of our size we size we are so blessed to have it um i think our you know rails to trails and walkway is a wonderful feature uh, and um the river's beautiful most of the time (laughs) (laughs) um as rivers always aren't beautiful in, in the spring but i also as far as the i think the best commodity are the humans that live here and they're, they're giving nature. Um, I've been, as I mentioned, very welcomed into the community. Um, and that's not always easy, you know, when you're from another area. So I've enjoyed the people and, you know, that how giving they are. Yeah. Susan, what were, I know that um, Darren probably introduced you to a lot of folks as you were getting to know the community, but were there any particular organizations or groups you got involved with to to get to know the community better? Um, One of the the groups that I kind of got to know early was the Marion um, Civic Theater, which is now the CSA Civic Theater, but Darren served on the board. So, you know, when there were events, you know, Darren will run sound for those sometimes and um, has always been very involved in music, theater, production, things like that. Um, also, a friend of mine told me about a group called Tricapa, which is a women's sorority. And, you know, the focus was on, you know, philanthropy and, you know, for education and um, the community in general. So that was one that really helped me. And we... Um, we knew some folks who belonged to one of the local golf clubs. Again, I'm not golfy, so <laughs> golfy. I, I love that. <laughs> I get I get asked to scrambles for entertainment factor, and you do a great. And job. I will get one good shot, and it'll probably be clutch. But then I will immediately disappoint everyone because the it will not be repeated. Um, so you know, so be strategic about the shot right? you ask her to take. And I can't tell you why I would hit one versus the other. Magic. Uh, nobody can sorcery. Nobody I don't can. Know. That's what keeps keeps us coming back. <laughs> you know, so um, though I, that was really helpful. And then um, CSA, getting to know folks, um, just happened. You know, and, and with those 
those branches, it just went, started to go out so many places. And then I started to serve on boards and, and volunteer when we could. Um, you know, we don't, we're child free, as we say, it's not childless. It's not a disparity for us. Uh, we did try, it didn't happen. We just decided, hey, we'll just let the community be our kid. We'll have more time to do that and we can enjoy it. Plus we can be wildly selfish selfish with our time on the weekends. <laughs> mm -hmm. I seriously don't know how people with kids are even upright. I, thanks for waking up today. If you ever even got to sleep <laughs> and you've got kids too, you got bigger kids. So I, so yeah. So Gavin's baseball game tonight and doubleheader tomorrow got canceled. So I'm like, what? I have like a free weekend. It's seriously, insane. baseball parents, especially right as so. the weather or soft, whatever the game with the bat. Yep. Yeah. Um, baseball, softball. Yeah. And, you know, the weekends that you spend out at those ballparks is commendable. Yeah. When I drive by them and snicker, <laughs> I just think I'm a selfish human. Thank you God. Are not. I will be, I am very much looking forward to being child free in four years. <laughs> all, right, all right. So uh, I do have a question. Um, as we, you know, you mentioned child free, that is not completely true. You have some feline children. Well, we just have one now. We've oh. we've always, I grew up in a place where I could never have animals. So for my 24th birthday, I convinced Darren, who had never had a pet that lived in the home, that I wanted a dog really badly and that if we were going to do it, that it would be incredibly hard, frustrating for the first year. I did not sugarcoat it. And we decided we would go walk through the Marian Humane Society. And the I said I want to I would pick that dog because she's this most scared and she wasn't really puppyish anymore. She was clearly very young. She's just like all leg. She looked like an anorexic um, greyhound. Think about that. Mm -hmm. With big floppy ears. So I said I'd probably pick that one because I really would was fearful that no one else would. She just shook when we walked up. Mm. So I worked on my 24th birthday um, when I was finishing up school at Ball State, uh, living here. I worked at um, a local department store. So I came home at three, and my 24th birthday present was a beautiful sandy-colored dog who we named Dune. So that was our first <laughs> fur baby. And she, we had her for 13 years. She was mm. lovely. And then during that time, we adopted um, from the Humane Society a little tabby cat named Baker who loved to play fetch. <laughs> she would steal my hair bands. And if I would take one out, she would chirp at me and want me to throw it. And I would throw it and she would usually return it to me. Uh -huh. Usually. Usually. <laughs> um, one of my favorite stories about the Baker cat, she she did love to play fetch and we'd also get her like the fake mice with fur on them. And she was a 4 a.m. bring you a mouse, throw it kind of cat. And our house was built in 1936, so it's not, you know, tight as a drum. So at 4 a.m. in April, she brings me what I believe is a fake mouse and I go to grab it and throw it, and it bites me. <laughs> oh, no. It was a real mouse. Who was very mad about and being brought to you by a I don't cat. know if you've ever been bitten by something that small. <laughs> Their teeth are literally like needles. It was a horrible way to wake up. I threw the mouse <laughs> into uh, the hamper, and 
And then I'm sure I, Baker thought that was amazing. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> and then when I took it from, we finally kind of came to and threw it away. Then I started to get in my own head about rabies yeah. <laughs> yeah. for weeks. And this was kind of flu season. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel a little achy. <laughs> you know, so I start reading about rabies. We call it the rabe in our house. And I am a, a more of an expert than most because I <laughs> obsessed about it, which is so atypical. But the reason I obsessed about it was because no human has ever survived rabies and I wanted to live <laughs> and no one has the shot. So finally, I, I talked to local people. And was I, this a dream or is this, this a real? real? This is real. Because okay. there are shots out there now for rabies. They are, but they usually carry like two. They're very hard to find and they're about $20,000 if you've been bitten by an I knew animal. you had to get them in the stomach or something. Yes. Uh, so why do you guys know? I know. So much? What is I this? I got bit by a cat when I was a kid. My sister, same thing. She went and you know pet this beautiful cat. She was like, that was not a regular cat. So she ended up having to get those shots. Oh so God. I knew oh a little God. bit about it then. But I finally talked to um, the state medical officer, and I left this <laughs> hilarious voicemail. I was like, Hi, my name is Susan Reese. Here's my number. I know I sound insane very very strange i've got rabies and you can laugh at this voicemail if you want because i understand it's funny but i just want to know if you can get rabies from a mouse because no one can really answer it and i know the internet isn't always right she left she called me and said she, she said you know mice are too small to survive a rabies bite. She called you back. She called me back. <laughs> wow. God bless this woman. And then I could stop obsessing about it. Um, so it was like a long week, you know. And, then, <laughs> and we didn't save the mouse. So there was no way to really right, know. Yeah. And that is lesson number one. If you're not save sure. Save the animal. Save the animal. Um, so Baker <laughs> Baker brought me that gift and, and taught me so much about rabies. <laughs> And playing fetch with cats. And then when she was aging, we, we got a, a beautiful rescue. He was a, the product of two amorous barn cats, the, this beautiful jet black kitten named Porter, who I was supposed to go look at the day after I picked him up. And the, the gal called me and said, are you having trouble finding the place? And I said, oh, my gosh, I got my days mixed up. Not unlike today. And... <laughs> I went there. So I was at Lowe's and I didn't tell Darren I was going there. We discussed getting Baker a companion. And I go to this farm in Fairmount and I look at these cats and I, we always had female animals and the one female left was really feral and I just didn't know if I had it in me. <laughs> and today is the fourth anniversary of the gotcha day for our cat. Oh. His name is Porter. Mm -hmm. And I... I picked him up last. I'd never had a boy cat. And he just looked at me. He was tiny. And, you know, just kind of looked at me. He was shaking, but he looked right at me like, game on, let's do this. <laughs> so I, we, she got me a little container. I didn't have a carrier with me. So I put him in a nice little box and with his blanket that smelled like the rest of his siblings. And I seat belted it and I sang to him the whole <laughs> way home. Not one peep, but I called Aaron. And I say, hey, I'm coming back from Lowe's. I got a cat. <laughs> a kitten, actually. And he said, I didn't know they had those at Lowe's. <laughs> that is such a Darren answer. <laughs> and I was like, well, aisle seven. But um, that is how Porter came to be four years ago today. 
and, and been your willing opponent ever since. He yes. is so fun. And <laughs> so we do have fur babies. And of yeah. course, when you don't have children, you, you definitely dote on them. And I'm not a quote unquote crazy cat lady. I just have one. I have the starter kit, I believe they call it. <laughs> and one is plenty, but I love having a pet around. And when I'm having a rough day, I'll just go home, sit down and he will sit on me and purr. And that heals a lot. I love all For the sure. posts of him on Facebook, like in the random spots or the way he stares at you or has yeah. these looks. It's he, a lot of fun to he, watch. He is the reason we no longer decorate our Christmas tree <laughs> <laughs> because he will climb the whole thing. And we're like, well, we'll just put up the tree, you know, what? Let him climb on it. That's for a while. fine. It's fairly sturdy. When he, <laughs> so he is very entertaining. And that gives Darren a little time for me, you know, like, bugging him I think I'm just kidding (laughs) but it's fine it is fine where we landed is supported today by advanced plumbing advanced plumbing has been serving Grant County and the surrounding counties since 2000 founded by Patrick Parnell advanced plumbing has built a reputation for reliable dependable high quality plumbing services at an affordable price the legacy continues as advanced plumbing is now owned by Miranda Parnell Lozier and her husband, Garen. With full team of licensed, highly qualified plumbers, advanced plumbing is your go-to option for all commercial and residential plumbing needs. Call us today at 765-664-6061 for a free quote on your next plumbing project. So... As a realtor, you said you started your own business. Um, you want to talk to us about um, your passion for that business and when you're helping people find their forever homes in our community. I would assume some of them are moving into the community and don't know much about Mary. And how do you sell this community and the spaces that you're you're in? Well, my experience is a really good roadmap for others. You know, I, I was lucky in that my person, Darren, was really had really deep roots in the community and was really involved in the community. So when I do help people, particularly people who are not from here, you know, if they're relocating for a job and they don't have an, you know, an immediate connection to the community, I will talk to them, you know, and ask, you know, what are what are you passionate about as far as, you know, in your community? You know, tell me about your church and I can talk to others and see, you know, okay, will this church be a good fit uh, and help them put down and establish roots and let them know that, you know, there's probably an organization that they, if they love to volunteer, that probably could use that or an organization that they could be involved with that maybe would give them that social component um, when they're moving into a community where they know, you know, the, the guy that interviewed them, the HR person and me. I don't I've never felt like I had a hard job in selling Marion. Again, I don't have that baggage because this community has been really welcoming. And I'll be honest, you know, we we do have poverty, just like every other community. There are, you know, a couple areas on certain streets where like every house has broken glass and I know that affects the neighborhood and the morale so I I don't sugarcoat it I drive through areas so they can see the real whole picture I never want someone to feel duped but it's always been easy for me because we have so many varying organizations and I also talk about our arts community for for any community, it's fabulous. But again, for a community our size, it's fantastic. We have so many options with arts. And 
that's something I enjoy. So, you know, that's what I would talk about. But, you know, if they're sporty, I'll ask my sporty friends, what do sporty people do? Oh, my sporty <laughs> friends. You know, like, it, what's this, like, intramural thing where you play softball? I don't know. It, it, it's a thing. It I, I'll just ask. Other people do it. One of my friends. And so just helping people get connected to community, even if I'm not their jam, you know, usually when I meet with people, you know, when I'm showing houses, a lot of times you really become fond of each other, but I'm not going to follow them around after they move. Cause that would be, could be creepy. Like my <laughs> realtor's stalking me now, but if, you know, if they want to come out and have dinner, you know, I would mm-hmm. always invite them to do that. Um, but you know, getting them in front of people that have similar likes, getting them information about schools, um, and, you know, like this school has, uh, what what are the accelerated programs? What languages? You know, things like that. And I, I go straight to my, you know, my people, my friends who have kids, which basically almost all of them do, and talk to them about the things that they love about this particular program because I don't know. Um, I've been in the business 20 years, and it was, it was a challenge to get started just not knowing so many people. I think I started when I was... 30? Yeah, that's right, because I'm I'm turning 50 this month. <laughs> I you know, I say that. And She's I'm like, I gotta say it out loud to try I, and accept yeah, it. Yeah, but I, you were like saying that with a little bit of hesitation. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't stress about it. You don't look a day over 35. Nice, nice. Um I'm it doesn't stress me out. I'm just really so excited that I got to live this long. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was a Gen Xer and we were like feral kids. We were. There was <laughs> like, a lot of danger. You know, mm-hmm. how many forts did we build in a tree that was about ready to fall over? <laughs> you know. Using I, the culvert to go under the road and yeah, back no to a problem. friend's house. So um, anyway, being a Gen Xer taught me a lot about that independence. But, you know, just not knowing anyone in the community, um, not a lot, and starting your own business is daunting. But. I had always worked in customer service of some variety. I worked in retail and retail management. And I actually went to Ball State to be a speech pathologist, Mm. which was, again, customer facing, helping, you know, you wouldn't call them customers, but client facing, you know, helping people achieve a goal that's important to them for their future, Mm. you know, working out whatever we've got to work out. So I just felt like being a real estate um, person would be a good fit for me because I have an inherent need for helping people find the things that they like. And it's a really amazing experience. You know, one of the most interesting things about what I do, I don't just go show houses and get a check. I mean, you get to know people and not every transaction is smooth sailing. Sometimes you run into challenges and just, you know, I can't make it perfect, but I can help people get through the hard parts um, to get to where they need to be. But not every sale is a celebration either. You know, sometimes they're selling a home that was their home with their spouse who just passed away. So having the grace to understand that, you know, and just asking, you know, how do you feel? You know, I know this probably is bittersweet or, you know, every situation is completely unique. And I've never had one transaction or sale closing that's been anything like another. So it's really, and I'm an empathetic person. So it's, it's something that suits me and that I can typically tell when people have anxiety that they're not talking to me about. 
Um, but I totally love it. And, you know, I am amazed that I get to do this. Every day is different. Um, I, I joke, and some of you have probably heard this story, but, you know, I show houses that are $3,000, $20,000. So it's not all mansions. It's not like on HGTV. Mm-hmm. And I have sold two houses, two that had mushrooms growing on the inside. So <laughs> I just want you to unpack that and know that not all of them have granite countertops and a mm-hmm. really nice <laughs> kitchen. But, you know, that's part of the adventure. I always try <laughs> struggle with HGTV because I'm like, how are they working? Oh, I'm a stay at home mom <laughs> and I work for the you know, local landscaping right. firm. And I'm like, how are these people with like right. $20,000 income affording the house? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that, you know, they sold another house. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but independently wealthy. Most of our, you know, our buyers are hard workers that, yeah. you know, two people work in or one people, one of the couple, you know, the, the spouses is taking care of the kids, yeah. raising kids, homeschooling. So it's a very different experience. And in rural America, but I wouldn't trade it. What led you from speech pathology to real estate? Like how? It's not a, it's a meandering path. Uh, <laughs> so once I, you know, for speech pathology, I worked probably 28 hours a week for, you know, during getting my undergrad. So it took me five and a half years. Um, so I could pay for my car. I commuted. You know, that was just my path. And when I did get into grad school the first week as I started to see, you know, what, what it would be for me. I thought that it would crush my spirit because I saw, you know, at that point, I mean, this was a million years ago, as I mentioned, I'm getting ready to turn 50. So, you know, in the model T that I drove up to class, uh, (laughs) uh, I realized that so many, I I was, going to work with children. That was my primary um, focus. And and so many school systems were cutting or that part of their process, it, but the budgeting was cutting and cutting. And so I was imagining when I did a practicum at a, at a school that was um, had a lot of poverty, had a lot of need, that the ratios for me to have that impact, you know, with students, I just didn't feel like I would be able to provide the full service that I wanted to and needed to. And I, it was my first week of grad school. Um, I worked very hard to get there. It was, there was a wait list to get into that program. Ball State has a very good clinical program for speech pathology. And so I came home and had a talk with Darren. I had these giant, you know, crocodile tears, as I said, I am going to hate this if I do it. It is not a good fit. And he was so gracious and said, just because you got here doesn't mean you have to finish. And I'm not one who is fickle. I mean, when I say something, it it is, Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, it takes me a while to get there. So he was very gracious and said, don't, you don't have to do this. And so I did. Uh, I left the program. I it makes me happy to know that someone who was able to get in in that first week that was probably on wait list, and I'll bet they're a great SLP. So in that process, I was working retail, 
thinking about what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I knew a couple, I had some friends who were realtors and they felt like it, it would be something my personality would fit. And, and I, I immediately loved it. Yeah. I'd like to go back. I've never met anybody born in Thailand, Bangkok. Gotcha. And, um, and so I'm curious, knowing where you're at now in life, would you be a person that would rather live in one place your entire life or move 20 times and why? I absolutely put down the deepest roots ever. I struggle to think about moving a block. And, and I think the reason is because we moved so much when I was little um, that I just, I, I went to five elementary schools. Uh, I lived in a, my mom was a wonderful parent. You know, anyone who's ever heard me talk about Grace knows that I adore her and I miss her every day. Uh, so the, the instability was just about, you know, her being able to afford where we were and giving us a better life. But having all those moves under my belt, I I don't love that. That's not adventure for me. That's just stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I think I, I, I love to travel but I like knowing that there's a home to come back to. So important. Can't yeah. wait to get to wear a comfy bed. Yeah. And just, you know, the ambient noises in your houses that make make your house your house. Um, it's wonderful to get home. Now, are you a traveler? Do you enjoy travel? I no? do. Um, one of the, we love uh, fun places that are old and steeped in history. Um, we love New Orleans. We've, we couldn't figure out why we love these certain places. We love Key West, love Chicago, you know, geographically, they don't have a lot in common, but ultimately <laughs> we've decided that any place we go that has so much history that you can go into one of the downtown buildings and see 15 different amalgamations of what was going on, like where the floor had been cut and patched, uh, the imperfect floors really suck us in. And I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, look at some of the old downtown buildings we have right here in Marion, you know, the new shops on, you know, 4th Street, or excuse me, 3rd Street, how they're just, you, you can see the life on them. And I enjoy that. And I love architecture and old stuff's just inherently cooler to me. I don't know why. Where's the furthest you've traveled in the U.S.? Hmm. Let's see, we've traveled to um, Newport, Vermont, which is basically five minutes from Montreal. Um, we've driven to Key West, which it's is a long drive. You will do it once, and it will be amazing, <laughs> and you'll never do it again. Um, and as far as the West, I think probably Wyoming. We did um, Yellowstone. Yeah, um, we did a road trip. To Yellowstone, and I think that was two thousand five, yeah, uh, or six. It was that was magnificent. I'd love to get to the Pacific Northwest. So, when you are traveling, what do you like about when you come home? I know you mentioned creeks in the house. Just yeah, that you know where everything is. Your favorite blanket is there. And what I'm saying that home, maybe Grant County. Gotcha. So, so what do you what do you when you come back to Grant County? What is it that you missed while you're gone? It's really our yard at any season. You know, I am not prideful about our house 
in the way that I'm like, I think it's so special. I am so grateful that someone put that house on that lot. We're literally every way is uphill. We're, you know, we're in, in a gully and there's so many critters there and the wildlife and trees are magnificent. So I really love going down that hill at that light and seeing our house through the, the evergreens. It makes me smile. That's great. I'm going to ask you a strange question. You painted, love that preface, right? You gotta, you gotta <laughs> love that, right? Clinch a little bit. Oh no! Um, you painted your house recently. We did. What led you to that scheme? I know there was some conversation, like, "Oh my God, the Reeses are painting their house black." You know yes. what? Um, so, what led you to that? Because I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I love driving down the hill and seeing your house. It was really interesting because when we got the house, it had been in the same family for since it was built in 1936, multiple generations, and it was always just this white cottage. And so we. Houses, when we redo them, usually you can feel what color it's supposed to be. It's just organic. I'm like, this house needs to be white. It's the first house I could ever paint a color, Mm -hmm. like white. And I couldn't believe it, but it just, it made sense. And so just, you know, living with that for 15 years, um, that color scheme, I just thought, let's do something a little bold. And, And what appeals to me right now is much more simple than it was in 2004 when we bought the house. So I wanted something really stripped down. We removed all the shutters and I saw a picture on probably Pinterest or, uh, you know, house.com of a little cottage that had been painted black. And I just thought that looks so great. And we have such that house, whoever built it, there's really cool. uh, Our roof line is a 1412 pitch and it's kind of swoopy. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a little swoopy. Um, And all that molding, we knew it would be an accent color. So I just, I had faith and my husband was like, yeah. (laughs) Now, if you see it in certain lights, you will realize there's a very purple undertone. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you will know that the Reese's love purple. (laughs) We call it blurple. But on a cloudy day, (laughs) it looks black. So it is black. It's called the domino. It does have a little purple. But and yeah, it, it does. made me smile the first Especially time I recognized when, it. Especially uh, when before it started a to nod, get painted, now you I, could really see the purple against the yeah, white. It, I knew when that first cut went on that it looked hideous, just so we're clear. <laughs> I'm like, well, three more coats of this will tell me whether this, you know, that's an undertone or an overtone. <laughs> Thankfully, it's still black blurple. Yes. <laughs> Susan, you mentioned um, just quickly in passing there the houses that you renovate mm-hmm. um you talk a little bit about just the the little side business that you guys have with so, property and and the what what motivates you in that arena i think i didn't realize you know as i was in school how much i love design i have no designing training so i'm not saying i'm a designer i also love transformation so, you know, when we first got married, I would pick a piece of furniture up that was junky and paint it, just something we would use in our house. It wasn't a side hustle. And then, you know, once we, when I started in the business, I realized that, you know, there are some really cool old houses, you know, this was in that 2003, 2004 um, kind of bungalows that 
showed up and were, they were, you know, property, they were distressed properties. And I thought, well, we can make this beautiful. And Darren has a great sense of um, design as well. It's just, we both appreciate aesthetics to be pleasing. So I wasn't quite as busy and we just thought, okay, let's make this investment. You know, we'd love to own a construction company, but we've tried a few times and it's just too hard to manage. So we just decided we would hire people to help us do the flips. We flipped nine houses before it was cool. Um, and eight, trailblazers. eight of them were built before 1930, I think. Wow. Right around them. Most, yeah. the majority of them were bungalows or kind of that mission or arts and craft which really appeals to me Mm -hmm. but it's just so fun to walk through and you know I'm everyone who owned those homes probably had ideas but you know how it is when you're in your own house you're like I've got to fix the furnace before I make this pretty so you know we just looked at it as an investment it's kind of like Cinderella for grown-ups when you take something that's really wonderful but just needs a little shining up and it's super rewarding, but it became more challenging with our schedules. Mm. So you guys are the fairy godmothers of the yeah. 1930s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, or, or, or the wizards, whatever. <laughs> wizards, <you know>. yeah. <laughs> but it's really, it's enjoyable to watch these houses kind of get their luster back. I love that. So one thing I've always wondered along those lines is... As you know from working with me and my husband, who has a hard time making a decision, we we're gonna move, stay, move, stay, move, stay, move, stay. Uh, we've stayed, built the massive deck in his garage. I've always wanted to find someone who will come into my house, see it through their lens with all mm-hmm. of their potential, and say, "Okay, this is what we could do in your space." Do you? Have you ever thought about that kind of space? Is that some, or are you just? You know, I have not. I mean, I'm always available to talk things through. I will say it. I can spend someone's money (laughs) (laughs) so quickly. (laughs) I mean, I'll walk through and say, if you did this, this, and this, it would be fabulous. And it probably would if you found the right contractor. But Mm -hmm. I have no regard for Lost when it's right. not mine. Right. So I think that creates some unique challenges. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Susan, we've uh, this uh, time has flown by, but yes. before you go, we have to know uh, what you are reading, watching, listening to. I always like your recommendations. Gotcha. So I forget his name. That's so bad. I think um, it's. It's about the psychology of happiness. Sean Aker, I think, mm. is his name. There's before happiness and after happiness. So it talks about the psychology of happiness, I think. Um, the first one was more about, you know, we always thought, okay, I'll, I'll go to school, get a great job, and then I'll be happy. But um, a lot of research shows that you will be, if you're happy before, doesn't matter what you'll do, typically you'll be happy. And so he's, I'm reading the follow-up to After Happiness, um, which I really enjoy. Um, I I do love some Star Wars um, sideshows, so we're watching The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. Um, I really, really enjoy that. Um, and then something we watched last night was about the um, superstructures. There were, it was a show that Darren found that had this enormous boat that basically could drop below sea level. It's like a cargo boat. It picked up two 
out of service oil rigs. So like superstructure stuff is really fun. I'm sure that was on National Geographic channel. They have um, some great things on yeah, that. Yeah, that's really fun. So and then I'm I'm listening a lot to some old Foo Fighters stuff. So oh, okay. that was a bucket list for me. We were scheduled uh, we had tickets to their concert in Indy last August and then oh, their oh. drummer passed away. So that was so sad for the band and the fans and obviously for Taylor Hawkins family. Mm. But so, but I've, so I've been um, getting in the archives, feeling the foo. Yeah. <laughs> we were rocking to Ben Folds a few weeks ago. Yep. There were a couple of times where Sarah, where Susan and I would look at each other and make eye contact and just like, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, for those of you listening to this who have any idea who Ben Folds is, he is usually there with a piano. It's uh, angsty rock, clever lyrics, but one of the best performers, mainly because he talks a little bit and he makes me laugh. Lyle Lovett, also fabulous performer yes. and humorous. Love it. Okay. Get it? See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's very pretty. Do you have like a badoom ching on I, your... I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susan, it has been such a pleasure having you on Thank today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing Grant County. Uh, for those of you listening, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, and we will see you next week. See ya. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas. <laughs>